in 2021, the, uh, the church elevated the obligatory memorial, as it was known, of Mary Magdalene to the, to the rank of a feast. So that's why we are celebrating today the feast of, Our Lady, of Mary Magdalene, and that's why we were singing the Gloria, because feasts in feasts, when we celebrate the feast, we always sing Gloria, not only in feasts, but obviously solemnity as well. Why do we honor her? Why this woman from the New Testament, as the description goes, in from Magdala, where Jesus went and saw her and, and removed the seven devils from her. She was someone badly afflicted, someone badly, badly suffering because anyone who's possessed by evil suffers a great deal because they don't have the capacity to be free. They're enslaved, enslaved in mind and heart, sufferings, bearing suffering, great sufferings. Their dignity has been taken away. Their life of faith has been removed. So to be possessed by, by the evil one, it is Jesus who reaches out to her removes from her that, that burden, and she begins to follow him. Not everyone from whom uh, who were received that freedom from possession were able to follow the Lord. Someone wished to follow him, but they didn't. And yet Mary and several other women who begin to help Jesus along the journey, walk with him the journey, who served and helped them, assisted them among the, among the uh, in addition to the 12, Mary Magdalene was one of them. There's a beautiful description of who she is and what happened to her in that series you might have seen. It's a series known The Chosen. It's the first year. There's a description of what took place there and with all the consequences because it's very realistic. It goes into the reality of a small town and who she was, that she was known, and, and, and the afflictions that she had. People were afraid of her. Anyone who's possessed, many are afraid of them. So there it is. <clears throat> it is Jesus who initiates the gift because he has come to this earth to confront evil, to confront the devil, to confront that which we ourselves are unable to be released from. Only God can, can give us the gift of freedom from evil, especially possessions like she was, and, and, and the power of Christ that he has entrusted to us, to his, to his uh, disciples, and, and this power is available to the bishops and, uh, and the, the ones that he, they assign as, as, as the exorcists. That power is there. But what we see here is there's, it's not just that she's freed from the possession, from being possessed by the evil, the seven spirits, but we see her journeying with Jesus. She becomes part of that special group that comes to know the Lord in a personal way. They see him day after day. They see him 
teach and proclaim and heal. She's one of those, she's a night witness to who he was. And this, as a white witness, as a night witness, she accompanies Jesus all the way to the cross. She's not afraid to be under the cross. And then we see her, because of that love, like we read in the first reading today, the one who loves cannot be kept away or apart from the, from the loved one. And so there she is, she cannot wait. She saw Jesus die on the cross, and what she, she wants to do is pay tribute to him, to take him, to take him from that tomb wherever she, where he was buried, in that, in that tomb that you know, it did not belong to the Lord, it did not belong to, to the, the disciples. She wants to take him home, she wants to anoint him. She wants to take him home, and this is why early in the morning she goes, first with the three, according to the scriptures, and she sees that there's no one there, it's the empty tomb, but she lingers, she lingers. She goes inside herself, and there she experiences, she, she sees the, the angel there, and says, whom are you looking for? Whom are you looking for? He's not here, he's risen. But before she is able to, to announce this, in grief, she hears a voice. She thinks it's a gardener. And he, she, she hears the voice of the one that she does not know. She thinks as a gardener. So she says, did you take him away? Where did you put him? I want to take him. We see that love that she has in her heart. And I think this is one of the greatest things we can say, is that she who was healed, she who was walking the journey with Jesus. She's the one with, filled with love for him. And then she, she wants to make sure that, that he's buried properly, that she, he's taken to where she would be able to, to uh, you know, take care of him, visit his tomb. But we see something extra, and as we follow the gospel today, she, she, he hears a voice, and Jesus speaks her name. She calls her by name, Mary. And in that very moment, she recognizes his voice. But we see from that moment on, she begins, she, she clings on to him. She holds on to him. She doesn't want to let him go. You see love in front of her eyes, great love. She says, I'm not going to let you go now. You're, you're here. I am here with you. And yet what Jesus says to her, Stop holding on to me, don't cling to me, because I have not ascended yet to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God, I have not gone. And so he says, but you have a mission. You go, tell my brothers what, what has taken place. Tell my brothers, announce to the disciples, I have, I, I have, I have risen, announce that the Lord is no longer bound by death, but is risen. So she's one of the apostles. She's one of the proclaimers. She's the one because she was a witness, so now she knows how to proclaim. And this is where, where we have to say two things. One is that whoever loves the Lord, the Lord will take him through the whole journey. From the beginning, invites him to faith, provides them with a special type of healing. Only the Lord can offer this type of healing. The type of harmony, the type of love. No one can do that but the Lord. 
you know, I do have to say that uh, I mentioned possibly last year on the feast of, of Mary Magdalene, or, or maybe perhaps on the second and Tuesday of the Easter week of the octave before Divine Mercy. That's why I, I'm wearing Jesus, the Divine Mercy image here, is because uh, when we celebrate uh, the feast of St. Mary Magdalene, not only does she have a special feast, but we always go back to Tuesday of the octave of Easter where the same gospel is read, where we hear the story of who she was. But I have to say is that from the beginning, somehow I'm not too sure why, you know, uh, why I, I felt drawn to Mary Magdalene. You know, um, early on, even as a seminarian and subsequently, and when I had a chance to go to the Holy Land once in my life, I had the great privilege of being there in 1999. And, and when, as a priest, we want to celebrate Mass, either at the, the Holy Sepulchre or the tomb, wherever it is, we wish to celebrate Mass with the group that we have. Well, I asked for the Mass and I requested it. And, and I didn't get the Holy Sepulchre. I didn't get the tomb where Jesus was buried and where he rose. The, the line is so big, you had, to, you had to wait. We didn't have enough days to wait for, for the Mass to be celebrated. And so I says, I wonder where we're gonna celebrate. And, and uh, it's, there's many places you can. And I was assigned by the people to the, to the place where Magdalene saw Jesus. And so I says, okay, looks like Mary Magdalene is going to be following me or I'll be following her. And so it was a special time for me because on one hand, yes, I did visit the tomb. I could not celebrate the Mass there, but I had my celebrated Mass where, where she saw Jesus, where she clinged, clinged, clung down him, to him, where she grabbed him and said, I'm not going to let you go. Because I saw in her that type of love that we are invited to have a type of love for the Lord. We want to be with him. We don't want to let him go. We don't want to do anything that would endanger our relationship with him. We would do anything that would make us forget what the Lord has done for us. She didn't forget. She remembered. She stayed. You know that, that love that has embraced her she equally embraced and she could not let go. And I think this is this, the type of invitation that we have today for us. The invitation is, do we love him? Do we really love him? Do we really love him not only because he's the son of God, because he is, and not only because he rose from the dead, because he did, not only because he offered his life for us, he has done so. But I think that we have to put all those things together and one more, he wants to transform us to be like him. He wants us to be like the son of God. He wants us to be sons and daughters of God. And I keep on sometimes repeating the same, same truth, but the truth is so great, it can't be captured in words. The son of God who came to earth through the incarnation, through his suffering, death and resurrection, he is the one who may, wants to make us God-like wants us to make shares of divinity by adoption, yes. This is something so great. We can look at ourselves and we can see our limitations, our, our misery, sometimes our own brokenness, our sinfulness, addictions, problems, whatever we have. 
and we feel like no one can help us. We feel like we can't overcome our own limitations. And yet the Son of God has faith in us. I can do this for you, but you have to embrace it. You have to welcome it. I can't do it without you inv inviting me because I respect your freedom. I respect everything that you are. And so here it is, is that God wishes to serve us. You know, many times we think we're serving him. No, he's serving us. He's doing everything for us each day, each moment, sustaining us in existence, preparing us for future glory, removing sin and evil from us. He wants us to know the hope that, that we are absolutely in need of hope of glory, hope that we are, what we have. Otherwise, we get so preoccupied with this world here that we will not be able to see through and go beyond. Remember the, the, the gospel passage of the sower. He says, how many people are, they follow the Lord, but the anxieties, worries, and fears, and everything else, they crush that seed. And so they don't produce the fruit because it, 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 it's not possible to grow in, in relationship with God. You know, uh, there's a wonderful homily written by Pope Gregory the Great. He was, he was a pope who lived in sixth century and then uh, continued to seventh. And he says this, we should reflect on Mary's attitude and the great love she felt for Christ. For the disciples had left the tomb, she remained. She was still seeking the one she had not found, and while she sought, she wept, burning with the fire of love. She longed for him who she thought had been taken away. And so it happened that the woman who stayed behind to seek Christ was the only one to see him. The one who remained, who continued to seek him, the one who wished to see him, to know him. She's the one who is able to, to not only see him, but to receive him. For perseverance is essential to any good deed, as the voice of truth tells us. Whoever perseveres to the end will be saved. At first she sought but did not find, but when she persevered, it happened that she found what she was looking for. When our desires are not satisfied, they grow stronger and become stronger. They take hold of their object. But holy desires likewise grow with anticipation. And if they do not grow, they are not really desires. Anyone who succeeds in attaining the truth has burned with such a love. Holy desires that he speaks of, what are they? I want to love the Lord more. I want to experience his presence in my life. I want to serve him more. I want to be more faithful. These are holy desires. And these are the holy desires that attain the reality that they seek because God will grant us. I want to proclaim you. I want to witness you to others. 
I want to offer hope to others. I want them to know you, that they may also serve you, that they may also share in your glory. Those are the holy desires. And this is why Pope, Benedict, Pope Gregory the Great, as he's known the Great, he says we have to have, we have to allow these desires to form our hearts because then we will be able to attain it because if there are the holy desires are something that's passing for a moment, we don't even ask, we don't even long for, we don't even desire. He says they're not really true desires. And he says, as David says, my soul, and this is our responsorial psalm today, O God, you are my God, whom I seek. For you my flesh pines and my soul thirsts, like, an, like the earth parched, lifeless, and without water. The desire, the longing, Psalm 63. Thus I have gazed toward you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. For your kindness is greater than, than good. The, the, for your kindness is greater good than life. My lips will speak your praise. So there's, I will bless you and I'll lift up my hands in prayer and adoration, and I'll call upon your name, as with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and with exultant lips my long, my mouth shall praise you, because in the shadow of your wings I'll find joy, in the shadow of your wings I'll find security, protection. These are the holy desires expressed by, by King David when he wrote the Psalm 63. Pope Gregory says the following, and also in the Song of Songs, which we read today, I was wounded by love, and my soul is melted with love. It seems like maybe uh, it's a little too sentimental sometimes when you look at the Song of Songs, but it's not. It's not, because what it is is there's anyone who experienced love, human love, who found love, who fell in love, knows what it is. And it's the same analogy to the finding God and falling in love with Him. Sometimes I say in a spiritual direction, would you like to fall in love with God? Would you want to fall in love with Christ? And you know, sometimes I see people's look at me. I said, you know, are you crazy maybe? How can we love and fall in love? We know I can love with the lady and the guy. Uh, beautiful experience, but can we love and fall in love with God? Yes, we can. And this is the whole reality. Well, we get so excited, we talk about him, we share him, just like somebody who falls in love with somebody else. They want to share that person. They wanna, they're so happy that they found someone, that they fell in love. That's, that's a human reality. And then when it comes to faith, it's the same category. Woman, why are you weeping? And as this will, I will conclude the reflection. Whom do you seek? This is Pope Gregory the Great, Saint Gregory the Great. She is asked why she is sorrowing so that her desire might be strengthened. But when she mentions whom she is seeking, her love is kindled all the more ardently. Jesus says to her, Mary, Jesus is not recognized when he calls her woman. So he calls her by name, as though he were saying, 
recognize me, and I recognize as I recognize you. For I do not know you as I know others. I know you as yourself. I know you by your name. I know who you are. You're not just a woman or a man. You are the person that the Lord loves specifically, immediately, and this is why she responds to him, because the one that she loved is there, and he also loves her, recognizes her there. Maybe then, as, as we continue this sacred liturgy, we will honor St. Mary Magdalene. May she be the one who helps us to recognize him more and more. May she be the one who teaches us how to love him. May she be the one who teaches us how to proclaim him, to live out her life for him alone. Yes, we have families, we have loved ones, but our families and our loved ones are dependent on the love of God because we cannot bring him to heaven. It's the Lord who can do so, so we can entrust. To love means to live. To love means to live a life of glory, which we anticipate. And for this Eucharist, when Jesus comes to us, he will take us home to share God's glory, God's joys for all eternity. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.